Welcome, everyone, to Culture Surfing. Happy Labor Day. I hope you guys are enjoying your holiday weekend. I hope you guys have been able to spend it with your family and have hopefully been able to sit down on the couch and watch some quality NBA playoffs that we've had this weekend. It's been nothing but high-end content. It's been great as basketball fans. It's been amazing. All right, I'm here with Lance Robertson again. Welcome to Culture Surfing. How's it going, Noe? How you been? I'm good, man. I uh, I actually ended up working quite a bit of the weekend, but enjoying the time off for sure today. I We got quite a bit of things on the rundown for today. Um, just going to quick uh, quick touch on some of the topics that we're going to be talking about. Obviously, we're going to talk about the Bucks. We're going to be covering some Lakers, Rockets, Clippers, Nuggets, Raptors, Celtics, and then we're going to end off with an exercise tonight um, covering a little bit of NBA all-team all for the playoffs so far. So playoff all-NBA team, basically. Um, we'll probably do this again after the playoffs are over, but we just wanted to do one for what we've seen so far. We're almost at the halfway point here. So this is kind of like the plan, just to have something a little different, do that, and then we can go back and try again and see see how our first team holds up against our final team after playoffs are all said and done. So without much further ado, let's get started. First point today, first thing we're talking about, probably the most surprising part of this second round of the playoffs so far, because I don't think I don't think it's fair to say that anybody is expecting this. I know for sure Lance and I were not. We talked about this series. We we expected it to be a good series, a close series. We definitely didn't think that the Bucks would be down three one going into game five. I I don't know that anybody out there did, to be honest. But here we are. The Bucks are down three one. They're they've already thankfully staved off elimination once for the sake of trying to, you know, figure out if there's a chance to make the series competitive. But what do you think, man? Are, are they done? Is, it, is this the wrap? Is Jimmy gonna little is Jimmy gonna let him get back into it, or is he putting his foot on the throat and finishing him off soon? I mean, if we're going by what we've seen so far, I mean, you could say it's a wrap. I mean, Bud is not no matter what happens, he's not gonna make you know, mid-game adjustments. He's going to die with this ship. Um, he's not going to play his big players big minutes, even though there's players older than his star players that are that are like 38, 40 minutes in the playoffs because, I mean, that's what you do. That's the whole point of the regular season pacing is you re- let them rest in the regular season so they can do this in the playoffs and, and average higher minutes. I mean. Kyle Lowry just played 46 minutes this last game. Right. I mean, there's no excuse. Every minute of it. I mean, you think if your you think if your job is on the line, you would coach your ass off and do whatever, pull whatever stops you need to. I mean, just even just out of desperation, because let's face it, this is a desperate Milwaukee team. There is free agent implications riding on this series alone, fair or not. That's that's what it is. That's a harsh reality of of this team. I mean, they had their uh, goals of winning a championship, and I mean, let's be honest, in the regular season, it looked like they would at least get there. And it's at this point, I mean, to get swept or not get swept, but a gentleman sweep in the second round is is unfathomable. Yeah, so this was my uh, team to come out of the East for the finals. Um, obviously, I'm not feeling so great about that prediction right about now, and I think that I'm not the only one on that boat. I think I think this is probably I won't say consensus because I know a lot of people do like the Celtics and a lot of people had faith in the Raptors to come out of this. Maybe not as many people, but. You know, the Bucks are 
the overwhelming favorite to come out of the East. And here we are now talking about, are they done in the second round? There's a lot of factors going into this as far as how they've gotten to where they are now. Yes, I think Bud is definitely a big part of it. Um, but if we're talking about are the Bucks finished, right, which is the question, we have to answer the next the, – the, before we answer that question, I think we have to we have to ask, what is Giannis' status? You know, is Giannis going to be available? Before this game, he was already questionable. And it's funny because on online, you know, on social media, there were so many people just – bashing Giannis because it felt like it was a cop-out like he, he's given up on the team and I'm like I know I was out there you know maybe not so much defending him but at the very least like asking like you know why are we twi- twisting the narrative if we don't know you know the extent of the injury we don't know if he's even for sure not going to play he ends he ends up playing and it seems like maybe it was a mistake for him to play because he ends up you know rolling it a couple of times before finally just you know coming off the court per Woj Giannis is see here i'm gonna read this i'm just gonna read the tweet to you guys uh Giannis was encouraged uh the bucks to tape up his right ankle and let him return that was uh during game they don't plan on uh you know, you know but he's not able to plant he's not able to jump off the spring uh around the bucks it says here many didn't expect that he could play today this was before game four he actually ended up playing no one as of now dares rule him out for game five but him not being able to put any weight, him not being able to plant or jump, I, I don't, man. I'm not, a, I'm not a medical expert here, but I don't foresee him playing Game Five. Yeah, but you are the athlete of you know of this podcast, so you and you've had some significant injuries, and you know what it's like to play on said injuries. So it's like, like you said, like you, you can be the toughest person in the world, but I mean, it's just simple physics. I think. It- down to the player right so this this sprain on Giannis it's it's one thing if Jokic sprains his ankle it's another thing if Giannis sprains his ankle um the reason is is because you watch the Jokic play he's methodical he's slow you tape it off and you you know you you wrap him up you know nice and snug it's gonna suck it's gonna be a pain tolerance thing but he could play through it because his game doesn't require for the you know great athleticism to be there for Giannis, I mean that's that's that is that is his game. His athleticism is everything to Giannis. You know, it, it's it's what allows him to play defense the way he plays defense. It's what allows him to get to the basket the way he does. He, he's not running down the court in transition, you know, on a fast break on an ankle the way his ankle is right now. I think that that is where you have to consider. And I, you know, even if he manages to get on the court, don't expect Giannis to have any form of effectiveness if this if this sprain is at the point to where he can't plant. Can't jump. Yeah, and and let's be real here. No matter what, Milwaukee will look bad if they let him play. Like if it's really if he's really in that much pain. I mean, yeah, you're you're looking to you know come back, but I mean, if you really want Giannis to say, don't you care more about the future than you do right this series? Because I mean, at this point, if it was like I told you, if it was like two one, I would if I was Giannis. Obviously, I'm not. I would think about it. And also, if I was a team, I'd be like, well, maybe. But it's like, it reminds me, and of course, this this was a knee injury, but still, it reminds me, in the 3 playoffs, Dirk Nowinski hurt his knee against the Spurs. And it was a very winnable series for the Mavs. It was uh, it was one of their best regular season performances in recent memory, um, sans the 07 uh, season. And Don Nelson refused to play Dirk. And you know what? A lot of people were mad at that point. 
but that aged so well. And it's just like one of those yeah. things where it's probably like, hey, Giannis, we know you want to play, but guess what? We care more about you than that. We don't want you, we don't want to see you get hurt long term. You see, the thing I think the thing is is like the key word there was even in that Dirk series, it was a winnable series. Right. Even with Giannis in this lineup, you know, you already know he's not gonna be hundred percent. But let's say that, you know, somehow he was. The Bucks haven't shown signs of being able to win this series. They they managed to get out of this last one. Props to Chris Middleton. He takes so much flack from the NBA community for not being that Robin that Giannis deserves. You know, not being the you know oh you can't you can't win a championship with with Middleton being your number two option. There's a lot of that. I think you know I think that there's you know I don't know if that's it may be too soon to decide that for 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 Middleton's sake, but he stepped up for sure, staved off elimination in overtime on a big performance. I just don't know that the Bucks are able to do it again. And this has all been Bucks talk so far because right there, this is a, that's a surprising part of it. Um, but props to Miami; they have man, they're playing gritty basketball. And it's and you you can see it right. There's so much talk about Jimmy being a cancer and Jimmy this and Jimmy that and how he's failed at all the you know different his last couple of stops. It feels like this is kind of like the perfect fit to the puzzle in Miami, and that team has very much taken on Jimmy's personality. They're just a mean bunch, you know. They're greedy. They, their their defense is 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 basically that you know you're they're gonna you're gonna feel them. You know, I just don't know that no it. Milwaukee got punched in the face and they weren't able to recover from that first game. And the, the way that the, the, the game has gone, the matchup is perfect for Miami to take advantage of Milwaukee's defense, you know, their defensive weaknesses on the perimeter. I just don't think that even with a healthy Giannis or, or even a Giannis at 50% back in the lineup that they, that they find a way to get out of the series. I think, Jimmy, I think Jimmy just, he wraps it up, man. I'm calling it a wrap. Yeah, so on uh, on Friday's game, um, this is what stood out to me. So in the fourth quarter, the Bucks scored 13 points to Miami's 40. I mean, that's just dominant. Well, I mean, Jimmy had 17. Jimmy alone yeah, outscored them. Right. And, and so the way that the Heat play defense up to this point is they just swarm Giannis and they force him to become a playmaker and they – force you know Middleton or Brooke Lopez or you know Matthews to make these baskets and for whatever reason it's just not happening I mean the Heat are playing a great collective defense right now uh Drogic I apologize because before the season started I wasn't high on him and this guy has turned back the clock and I mean he's looking like one of the better point guards in the playoffs right now you know the young bucks are playing up to par uh Bam I mean coming up later I mean, he might get mentioned for the playoff All-NBA, just the way that he's playing, you know. Um, I, I'm i impressed with Miami, and obviously they're coaching, you know. I mean, Spo is yeah, outclassing, yeah. bud. A lot of people didn't give Spo credit early on because he was coaching the super team, you know, uh, when, when we first had, you know, spoke him into the scene with LeBron and Wade and Bosh, and it was like, yeah, anybody could go out there and coach those guys. He's definitely earned his stripes, uh, you know, the dude can coach. Well, Noe, so I, 
I want to say he did coach before the 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 quote unquote super team because he was there when not obviously when uh, D Wade went to the finals and all that, but he was there say when D Wade uh, lost against the Celtics. I think it was like in five games. I think it was. Head coach for that. He was. He was. He was. Wasn't he behind Pat Riley when that happened? I, let's check real quick. I want to say that he started coaching because he's one of the longest tenure coaches in the league, and that's with Colorado right. in the league. Let me. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's what Colin with Pop and you know those guys that definitely been there for a long time. I, I mean, suppose top five, you know, all NBA coaches in my yeah, book. So okay, so two thousand eight. Yes, yeah, so the. Pretty much the Boston Celtics era. He he became the head coach. He was there before, but his success really right. really started. With yeah, but he's come to show that even without like LeBron, and then like he had the issues we know with Bosch with the blood clots. He was still able to to get that team competitive. That guy is smart. I mean, he was in the video room, video room for most of his career. You know, I mean, this guy's this guy knows all about tape and, and making adjustments, and it's. That but that is the key right there. Making adjustments. That's something that Bud has proven so far to be unable to do. Um he's just I don't know, it's maybe he's just hard headed. He's just one of those guys that lives and dies by his philosophy. But, you know, at this point it's looking like a die by the philosophy. And, um, and maybe even get fired by the philosophy. I mean, you really want to go down that ship, then that's fine. But you you can't be stubborn this day's uh, NBA, you know. This day's NBA, you kind of got to be able to bend, not break, but you got to be able to bend, man. You can't just—it's not all about you as a coach. It's not even about bending; it's about it's about adjusting. It's about growing and and being able to get your team through situations that maybe weren't foreseen. Um, although you know we've talked about it before during the regular season, Miami looked good against the Bucks, you know. So I don't know that this is as big of a surprise that the matchup is is not you know hugely favorable for Milwaukee, but as a number one seed and as a team that, you know, came into this, you know, pre COVID well on track to, to, to get to 70 wins. I, you know, I don't know. It's just, it, it feels, it's hard to say, you know, is, is this a choke job or is this Miami's going on? All right. It? So once again, I'll, I'll, I'll reach in the bag and do a Dallas reference. So Dallas going against Golden State in 07. I hate talking about the series, right? But leading up to that series, there were games where Dallas played them in the regular season and they struggled, just similar to Milwaukee with the Heat. It's one of those where it's just a matchup problem. Maybe maybe if the Bucs played another team, I mean, yeah, right? That doesn't matter now, but it might literally be a matchup issue. And – Who's to say they didn't? They couldn't make it out of the uh, out of this round on top if it was another team. But it's that's it. It doesn't matter. I mean, that, it's all about you know matchups, positioning, and being able to adjust. And once again, we're we're back at Bud, and it's not like Milwaukee uh, players are necessarily out of uh, scrutiny. Uh, Giannis too. I mean, his free throw shooting. You know, we've already covered that. And uh, he's not. He's not playing. Yeah, but uh, it's kind of. We're beating a, a dead horse at this point because it, it just seems like this series is wrapping up. And the gentleman that way. said, "In using the old phrase, it's not over till the fat lady sings." No fat lady sang yet. This is still the number one seed in the East. There is still a chance they can come back and make a series of this. I personally just don't see it happening. Yeah. All right. So moving on. Enough of beating the dead buck. 
Let's go Lakers Rockets. The series since we last spoke uh, hadn't. I don't think we had begun when we last talked about this series. It is now one one. Uh, Rockets went out and won or stole game one, right? Yeah. Home uh, court advantage or whatever that's worth nowadays. And then the Lakers had their answer uh, last night in a game which they were very much in firm control and somehow allowed it to become a game, managed to hold on. LeBron, great performance to get the dub. What, what are your thoughts so far on this series? All right, so coming out of the Oklahoma series, we didn't really talk about that. Houston looked like one of the most shakiest uh, Game 7 winners I've seen in my uh, – what is it? I've been watching basketball for like 15 or more years, and I've never seen a game one win, a game seven winner look as reluctant to want to win as them. But with that said, we know we've talked about it, you more specifically, that the Lakers just don't really have an answer for players like James Harden. You know, Avery Bradley's not playing in the bubble. Um, other than that, they got like KCP. Rondo's not really much of a defender anymore. Danny Green's okay, but he's not like what he once was. So, I mean, Houston can make this a series. However, you know, the Westbrook factor is big, and I'm going to keep harping on this because he keeps on doing these seven-game turnovers, seven turnover games, and it's just – it's a bad look. Uh, of course, Houston had that 14-0 run in the third quarter, and they dropped 41 points on the Lakers. However, you know, the Lakers were kind of able to, like, c- catch the steam and was like, hey, we're going to – let's let's slow it down, you know. We're able to do something. And LeBron didn't look non-existent in the fourth quarter. He didn't have a bagel. He performed very well. I mean, I don't want to say he looks like prime LeBron, but he, as in terms of in the playoffs, this it's one of the better games I've seen from him. Um, as sad as this sounds, I mean, the Lakers just got to be aggressive. And I know that sounds so cliche, but it's so true. I mean, in the first game, Anthony Davis and LeBron were just so passive that in the fourth quarter of the it, – it, it took in the fourth quarter of game one, it took about – eight or nine minutes for either LeBron or AD to score. And obviously LeBron didn't score in the fourth quarter of that game. Right. So it took that long for your two best players to like start revving up. And by that time it was too late, but yeah, Harden is Harden came out and scored 36 in game one game two. Houston, you know, scared them. I think this is going to be a close series, maybe not seven, but it could definitely be a close six. And I don't know, man, LA for as much uh, as they are heavy at the top, it's just, they got a lot of holes and being if that's, you know, injury or people just opted out of the bubble. It's just, I don't know, man. Like they don't look like the better LA team right now. Yeah. I think like I said before the series, um, and I said this about the Lakers in the last series against the Blazers they're they just don't have, you know, great guard def- defend uh, defense. You know, they, they, if Westbrook could pull his head out of his own ass, I'd actually have the Rockets over the Lakers in this. Um, but but I don't know that Westbrook's able to do that. So I think um, they just – they don't have – no really no one has a perfect answer for Harden, right? Harden's going to go out and get his. OKC did a great job against him. But the Lakers aren't built the same. They're not built to really be able to slow down, you know, prolific scorers on the wings unless you ask LeBron to do it. And if you ask LeBron to do that – it's a big ask because he's having to carry the offense side of the ball because he's, he's their creator. And if he's having to do that and guard Harden at his current age, and yes, LeBron is a freak. It's a big, big ask. 
So I just think, you know, it's going to come down to the X factor in all of this is going to be Westbrook. What does Westbrook do? Like, did Westbrook go out and have seven turnovers? That's a loss. It it the game before that you didn't Westbrook didn't play as bad. Rockets get the win. I think Westbrook's ability to come out and play smart basketball, limit his turnovers while maintaining his aggressiveness, is the key for Houston to win. Because you know you know that Harden's going to come out and ball. And then for the Lakers, it's you got to find a way to. To, to slow them down, and then you got to make sure that you keep doing what you're doing on offense because they're not playing offensively horrible. LeBron, you, I'm not letting that slide, bro. You, 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 went, you dropped the goose egg in the fourth quarter yeah. last game. We bash anybody that does that and calls themselves the king. You know, if you're in the GOAT conversation in the playoffs, you don't come out and you drop a goose egg in the fourth quarter in a game that would have been winnable otherwise. Uh, so I'm sorry. Yeah, you're not getting a pass with me. That said, from LeBron, if they're gonna if they're gonna come out and get that series win, yeah, I mean, it's just once again, gosh, it's, this is all the playoffs are just matchups, man. I mean, that's why these teams like that. Not all of them, but some of them maneuver their way into different you know matchups. Because I mean, the thing with asking LeBron to guard Harden, you're kind of sacrificing him for the next round if you do that. His he's he's going to be depleted, you know, with his energy, and I don't think anyone's asking him to do that, but it's just. No, you just yeah, Danny Green. There's, there's no containing. There's no containing Harden, right? You just got to make sure you don't do stupid stuff with him. Right. Don't foul him at the three point line. No, I, that's pretty much what you got. Anything do. you shift your focus, he's going to get his shots because that's that's the the weak link. And, and yeah, I encourage him yeah, to you, carry you the ball. With trying him. to get the ball out of Harden's hand yeah. and, and ending up on in Westbrook's, you know, decision making. Right? Like I think that for the Lakers, that's what you want. I. I I don't know. This is going to be a good series, so, though. Um, I, I don't, you know, what I think. Are you changing your pick? Or are you are you are you sticking with what you? With, with? No, I mean, you know, out of emotion, I on Twitter, I was like, the Lakers are sweeping, but I, I calmed down and was like, that's not happening. I think it's going to be Lakers in six. I mean, I, I was really upset with game. I'm telling, that was the the most disgusting game seven I've ever seen. I mean, it was. Under. I hated that game. Entertaining seven. for all the wrong reasons. Um, Bro, it was like 15 minutes to finish the last uh, second. Super sloppy. (laughs) uh, But it was entertaining. I mean, because he didn't know what was going to happen, you know? Uh, There was a lot of drama at the very least, right? If you're like a basketball purist, you're probably pulling your head out of your head because, man, it was frustrating to watch for both teams. It was was a battle of attrition in the fourth quarter. It was basically which one of us is going to lose this game um, as who's going to step up and win it. Right. Props to Harden for the one big block of the game, you know, that basically, you know, puts them over the edge. Yeah. Everybody, you know, shits on Harden for his defense. And I'm not saying he's a good defensive player either, but that was a big play. He's definitely better, though. He's definitely better than he was a couple years ago when he was on all as the a, highlights of, team, of just literally team, blowing coverage. The Rockets are playing really good defense. Um, there's, you know, the, the – PJ Tucker, you know, defense on AD has been good. Granted, this last game he dropped thirty plus on them, but you know, it's it's uh yeah. the, the it's crazy of a D'Antoni team that they're we're saying this, but they've actually been playing pretty solid defense as as a, as a team. Yeah. But I, I, you know, I still see the Rockets winning, or I'm sorry, I still see the Lakers winning this series. It's just going to be more fun. It'll be it'll be more entertaining. 
How I many games did you have him? Six. Winning? Well, I'm still thinking about that yeah. Um, sounds about right. Let's move on to the next series. This has been another entertaining series, also tied at 1-1. Clippers Nuggets. Um, Clippers came out, won the first one, looked great. Like they have, you know, a couple of games during this, this playoffs. And then they came out for the next game, and just like they also looked at in a couple of games, they looked a little sloppy. No answers for Jokic. Jokic comes out and takes care of business. Murray balls out. They get the dub. 1-1. What do you think? All right, so the Clippers are – this is such an interesting team because some days I'm like, how is this a contender? And then literally the next game they respond by by blowing you out by like 30. And it's it's like, okay, it's a, they're a contender again. And, you know, we were talking off camera about um, the Clippers not necessarily having the most games with each other compared to a lot of these other playoff teams. I believe they are um, the team with the most different starting lineups in the regular season. And, you know, they added a bunch of team uh, players late, Joe Kim Noah, uh, Reggie Jackson. They traded for Marcus Morris. I mean, and for them to be able to still look like a contender, even though on some nights they don't, game one against the Nuggets, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I didn't watch the second half because I, I was watching it, and then I think I took a nap, and then I woke up, and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm not even going to turn it on because it was like 20-something by the fourth quarter. But then I watched all the uh, the second game, and it's just like we've talked about the centers of the Clippers, and I know the centers don't really mean as much anymore as they as they used to. However, defensive centers mean the world still in NBA because you got to be able to switch. Because if you get hit on an island with a little dude, you know things like that. Um, but but I mean Jokic, I always like to say he transcends the center position because right now he is leading uh, the Nuggets. And assist percentage by high mark. I mean, it's turning to what I I I wanted the Nuggets to be. I wanted Jamal Murray to be the more uh, killer on on the on the scoring side, and I wanted Jokic to to be the quarterback of the team because I think that's what this team uh, is best at. Because even though Jokic can get aggressive, that's not necessarily who he is as as a player. At least like when it comes to scoring, Jamal Murray is more than comfortable of putting up shots. Uh, and I just want to dig through some things here because, I mean, I, I I did some stat digging. There's going to be some defensive stuff I'm going to mention later with Kawhi. This is this is really the first time I've seen Kawhi in a while look like a – I don't want to say regular player, but he's not the super alien that he has been, especially against Dallas when he was just, like, dropping 30 easily. Like he, he's actually – yeah, he's being defended pretty well. So uh, right now, or at least uh, game two, Nuggets held Clippers to a 46% effective field goal percentage which means that actually adds the three-point percentage in there with it. So it's not just regular field goals. And that's pretty low, right? Like you're usually going to see like up in the 50s for that. Um, Jeremy Grant, we need to talk about him. I'm not going to go and say he's a Kawhi stopper. Like I saw some people in a Facebook group say, because that's ignorant. <laughs> but uh. but per, per NBA.com, Grant allows zero points from three on five attempts in game two. Okay. So that adds, that's huge. On the possessions that he guarded Kawhi, Kawhi's only shooting 25% from three in, in the first two games. I mean, that's promising. Yeah, Kawhi's not a quote-unquote three-point shooter, but he's not a terrible three-point shooter either. Uh, Jamal Murray shooting 52% from uh, the above break three, which is a high percentage, and then 63% from the restricted area. So he's also getting in the lane and finishing. 
No one's deterring him away from the rim. And he's only averaging two turnovers per game with a defense that's supposed to be one of the better defenses in the league. And I, and I still think they are, but I, you know, there's teams out East that might rival that right now. And uh, yeah, that, that's what I have to say. I mean, I kind of already mentioned Jokic with his, uh, his assist and he's had, he has a 30% usage rating, which is the highest of the team. And that's pretty crazy in this day and age to have your center lead in a usage rating. Backing on the Jeremy Grant point. Um, he just, he has the athleticism and the length to actually make it uncomfortable. Um, for quite quite I mean he had a great game one uh in his typical high efficiency mid-range offense that he plays it, it's and it's fun to watch um but Grant does have the link to actually make it a little bit uncomfortable and so from time to time I think we'll see him have some success against Kawhi I don't think he's going to be you know I don't I don't think it'll be enough to, to really say that he stopped it won't be Dwarf versus Harden success I think it, it'll be on a, on a lesser scale, but but I think he'll do well. So I think it's one of those things, like we talked about Kleba playing really good defense to Kawhi, but it really didn't translate, right? It didn't look like it, like in the box score. But this is where Grant is like, okay, he looks like he's playing really good defense, and he is, and it actually kind of translates, at least early on. Kleba, Kleba right. played his heart out. Like We could say whatever we want about his threes, yeah. but he played his heart out against Kawhi, I'll, and it didn't matter. I'll, I'll give Kleba, and, you know, an E for effort, but yeah, he was getting cooked. He was getting cooked. Um, let's move on from from Cleveland. I don't want to talk about him right now. Um, I as far as this series goes, I think um, I think the Nuggets got what it takes to 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 make competitive, especially knowing that the Clippers are they they lack consistency, um, or at least have so far during these playoffs. So yeah, I think they, they they come out and they get a couple wins. I don't see it going to Game Seven. I kind of see this series going a lot like the Dallas series did. Um, they they come out, you know, look ugly in a few games. Let the team, you know, the opposing team get a couple of wins, build build them enough confidence to make you know the game still closer than they are. But I think I think uh, talent prevails, overcomes even you know, even though that you know this Nuggets team is well built. And, and definitely, like we saw in the last series with Porzingis and now with Jokic, you know, they struggled to, to, to stop the big men. But, you know, I just – I think the Clippers are, and Kawhi really is what it comes down to. It's just too much for the Nuggets. They they end up they end up over, over for the Nuggets on this. So sure. what I want to add on to the Nuggets, these are two players that I'm glad to see actually come to play because last series – not necessarily they, they weren't like completely gone, but they weren't a factor at all as they are, at least in game two. Paul Millsap was actually playable. Yeah, he, he was actually hitting open right. shots. And Gary Harris doesn't look like an albatross of a con, uh, contract now. I mean, he he came through. He made some defensive plays. I mean, just hit the open threes that you're going to get with Jokic, you know. Also coming off, like not playing. Yeah, I mean, there was some this is true. concern with him. Give give the guy a break. Maybe he you know he finds his rhythm and and at the very least it's his old, the open look. In all know, fairness, throughout the season before injury, he wasn't a he was his field goal percentage and overall shooting was was below what it what it has been and what it should be, especially in light of his his contract that he signed. You know, yeah. he's I think he's making like twenty mil for the next two. So it's like I know in today's NBA, like mostly anybody can get twenty mil a year. It seems, but. Mm. You you gotta you gotta do more at least I mean just make open shots is, is their minimum but 
he's looking good, looks good defensively. Uh, as far as the Clippers, obviously we know Kawhi is, is going to get his numbers. Paul George is shooting slightly better. However, I don't. he's not all the way back because he's averaging more turnovers than assists in this series. <laughs> yep. Yeah, pandemic P, boy. Yeah. He's still not all the way back. His demons are still there. Um, I mean, I saw some line uh, yesterday that really cracked me up and I thought was a pretty interesting take. And it was Jimmy Butler is what Paul George thinks he is. And I just thought it was funny as hell. Man, okay, so the thing is, it's hard, right? Because Paul George recently, I'd say the last few years, playoff-wise, is just not the same. But in the regular season, he is he plays up to all NBA standards. And a couple years ago, he was uh, considered MVP voting. I think he came in like third. So it, it And Jimmy honestly doesn't do that in the regular season. But it's just like yeah. in the playoffs, you know, things are magnified and, and people are under higher scrutiny. So it's like I get why people say that. But overall, I think Paul George is still the better player. But, man, in the playoffs, it's a different animal. And I think Jimmy, once again, we're saying this a lot lately due to Chris Paul, but I think he's built for it more than Paul George is. <laughs> give, give me Jimmy in the big moments, yeah, man. I, I agree. I, in, the, in, the big, in the big moments when you need something, you know, desperately to step up, give me Jimmy out. Uh, maybe, maybe that's just uh, maybe I'm maybe I'm a victim of the moment, right? Um, I've been a Jimmy fan for a long time, and I I've also liked Paul George quite yeah. a bit, but um, I I don't know. It just maybe I am a victim of the moment. But give me give me Jimmy in the big moments. Maybe not so much in the regular season, but when when the grind is serious, yeah, give me Jimmy. Yeah. So uh, you have him. You said you have the Clippers in like six, kind of like the Dallas series. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to stick to that. Yeah, too. me too. Um, I mean, the Nuggets, the the one thing I noticed from game two, they started off on fire, right? But the, the Clippers, they got it within, uh, I think they got it within like eight or nine. And then the Nuggets kind of steadied the course and played a lot better defensively. But there was just possessions where, you know, when you're on fire and you start heat checking the crap out of the shots, mm-hmm. they were doing that. Yeah. Like they were letting stuff go like, four or five seconds into the into the possession. They weren't really looking for the best look. And and the Clippers definitely, you know, got off on that. And they were like, yeah, we can come back in this. And and it's things like that that the Clippers, you can just never count them out. I just don't see the Clippers getting no, blown I- out like that. Even with the Nuggets playing as well as they did, I, I think they'll steady the course and it, it their defense and, and just – I don't know. There's the psyche of Kawhi Leonard. It's never done when you got him. So, yeah, I said that that I see this series going a lot like the Mavs series did. Um, I do think that this Nuggets team is much better equipped to push it to seven than Dallas was, especially after the uh, Porzingis injury. Um, they're definitely better suited to get it there. But I don't know. I just, I just don't. I think that the the, the Clips. The way I see it is, once the Clips are up three two, they. I don't see them missing the blow the, the closeout game. I, I feel like. Kawhi it's not letting the close our game. Yeah, you'll get a really good Paul George game every four games. So, <laughs> so he's yeah, he'll he'll get way. that one miraculous game, or you'll get like Lou Williams, you know, because uh, I don't think he's really done much. Uh, at least what he did against Dallas, where he like dropped thirty. You know, you, you, the Clippers have too many weapons, and is 
as much as we say about Marcus Morris, I mean, I I still think he's a dirty player, but he is still a, a good player, especially for his role. No, that's that's a role that they need to have right there. Everybody needs an enforcer. Yeah. And somebody go out there and get some flagrants and some ugly fouls that if he gets tossed, you don't care. Um, and I think he he fills that role perfectly, and and that's perfectly fine. It's part of it's part of the gamesmanship side of the game. It's part of basketball. Right. You know, I have a respect for for the role as well. So you know, dirty or not, it's necessary. It's a necessary role to have on your team if you're if you're going to be, you know, the, that gritty team that finds a way to get into into the championship ring. All right, let's move on. Raptors Celtics in a series that at one point looked like it was going for a sweep and on a miraculous last second three from your boy OG goes 2-1 and then on 46 minutes of play from Lowry and every second necessary to get that done find a way to get the series tied and a series that once looked like it would have been a complete wrap and probably what a lot of people would have wanted to come out and say, yeah, I told you that these Raptors without Kawhi, they're not the same. They're not going to go out and win. And they aren't the same, but they ain't no bitches either. They're coming out and they, and they, and they're fighting it out and they're making it ugly. And I am absolutely loving the series. It is not, it could go either way at this point. Both teams are playing well. They both have had some players that have had some ups and downs, but man, it is fun to watch. All right. So in the words of Van Fleet, they done fucked up. That's what he said. That, hey, the Boston Celtics let this become a series. Because look, let's be honest. Like I said, Toronto game one, they started off so poorly, but they kind of like weathered the storm. And if they didn't start off as bad, I really think they could have won game one. You know, game two, another close game. And then after that, it's just like, I mean, the Kyle Lowry pass all the way to OG over Taco Fall is like one of the best passes I've seen. And albeit, I know in the bubble, you get more space because there's no fans behind you. That's definitely been illustrated, and that's a fair point. Still, that guy is like seven-plus feet. So, Yeah, and the Celtics were in zone for that possession, and that may have contributed to OG being wide open. But you still got to hit the yeah. shot, and it's a big, it's a, it's a big moment. It's a lot of pressure, and he pulled up, and he now. I it. will say Jalen Brown kind of recovered because uh, OG kind of had to shoot Jones out of it. the way that he his rhythm. He usually doesn't, you know, let it off like that. But still, like you can't give him any room. But really, I want to say, I want to give most of that to Lowry because most players wouldn't even attempt that pass. pass. That is miraculous. Yes. I mean. Lowry's not uh, really that tall. I mean, he's he's big, but he's not tall. And, I mean, <laughs> it's like Yao Ming just being right there in front of him. I mean, and to make that pass and for it to not go out of bounds, like it probably would nine times out of ten for anybody else, for most players at least. Yeah. I mean, that's the we both We both had this series oh, going yeah. seven. And at the moment, it looks like it's heading that yeah. way. Either way, like you said. Either team can separate. It doesn't seem like either team's going to be able to separate. And if you're man, if you're Boston, how much are you beating yourself right now for not closing out Game Three? Right. I mean, because this series, I mean, and I'm not saying that 
if you had won game three, that the Raptors would have come out and laid down game four. But, man, it's a completely different feel going up 3-0 as far as momentum goes than, than giving them life in a 2-1. And then, and then go. Of course, going out in game four and losing, and then letting it, and then, and then it's a tie. And then at that point, it's a toss up again. So what I'll say, um, I I had the Raptors in seven for the record. No, he has uh, the the Celtics in seven. What I will say, this is the player that's going to make the biggest difference because he is the best offensive player on both teams, and that's Tatum. I mean, that's the dangerous part. If it goes to a game seven, yeah, collective collectively, I probably trust the Raptors more. <laughs> But for someone to actually take over, because Pascal Siakam has Siakam has tried, but he is not that player. It's no diss to him. He's just probably not the number one option, and that's fine, right? You still you still want a championship with him as your second or third option, which is very commendable. But it's clear that Tatum is that guy for the Celtics, man. And that's the dangerous part. Cause yeah, he just came off of uh, was it uh four for eighteen or five for eighteen, which he he's done that before. But he's also averaging 25 in the playoffs, and he's pretty efficient for the most part. Um, I, I think that's going to be the, the biggest X factor going to these games. Uh, I will say uh, Van Vliet finally is hitting the three. He's looking good. Uh, Gasol, I don't think this is a series, man. I think uh, Robert Williams from uh, from the Celtics the center, he's a lot more athletic uh, for Gasol. I think this really needs to be a Ibaka playing majority of the minutes at the five. He- yeah, he's played well. I mean, you, you, uh, you may have to make that adjustment if you're if you're the Raptors. You may not have a choice. As much as they they love Gasol, I mean, Gasol's a great player, but they, you know, it's just this game's kind of requiring this series is requiring a little bit of a different tone. And I think I think you're right. I think Gasol may not be fit for it. I'm not saying don't right. play Gasol at all, but maybe maybe the minute share, the minute split there's it may yeah. it may need to shift. Um. I man, I'm sorry. I go back to this game three after that. Kemba Walker no look pass for the. I thought that was easy game. dunk. I, I thought that was game, man. And I, I can't help but think that the that that maybe the Celtics did too. Maybe maybe they they thought that was game. Um, but props to the Raptors for for clawing it out to the end. It's it's a great series, man. I'm absolutely enjoying it. We both knew it would be a good series. It did after those first two games and most of the of that third game, you know, it felt like, man, we were both wrong on this. It's gonna be a Celtic series through and through. And then here we are now. We're we're it's come to fruition that the series is is gonna be I mean, these next couple of games in the series are gonna be fun to watch for sure. So I have to ask you a question. I know you're you're big on Jimmy, but I don't know how big you are on Miami in general. Do you think whoever wins this series out of Toronto or Boston is going to go to the finals? I think that it depends on who wins. If Toronto comes out of this, give me Miami. If Boston comes out of it, give me Boston. Okay. And, hey, guys, no, he's not necessarily the biggest yeah, Boston not, guy. Yeah, he's, like, he's not. Um, so that's something. Matter of fact, I'll say it this way. I'm gonna root for Miami in both series. Like if it's either if it's either Raptors or Boston, I'm gonna be rooting for Miami just because I'm a Jimmy guy and I, you know, I'm a fan. But, I mean, they they're, they're tearing yeah, right. up the Bucks, like, right? So it's like if you're the if you're the Bucks, I'm all the way. Series, I'm, I'm still saying if right because it's not over yet. Um, 
I mean, don't yeah. you want to at least lose to the team that eventually makes it out of the East, right? If you're the Bucks, are rooting for Miami after this, or are you hoping that they get knocked out the next round? Nah, you're definitely shooting for them. Now, maybe the right. fans will be bitter, but if you're a player, you, I, I at least I, losing I would feel more comfortable losing to a person that championship quality than someone that's going right. to get burned out. That's in the next really round. a smack in the face because you know it literally yeah. just came down to the matchup because. They were just built perfect for you. But, um, yeah, I'm rooting for Miami from here on out. Um, that's my favorite to try and get out of the East. Um, but like I said, I think it, I think it does depend on who, who wins this Raptors-Celtic um, series. Hopefully, if I'm right, Boston wins it. And then if Boston wins it, I do have Boston coming out of the East, which, like I said, I, I mean, I would prefer to have Miami come out just because I would love to see it. But I – I don't know that it's all that relevant. I still think I still think whoever comes out of the West wins it. So let's move on. Um, final final touch uh, tonight. Final topic tonight, and it's the little exercise we talked about when the show started. Um, we're doing our playoff All NBA team for what we've seen so far at the almost halfway mark of the playoffs, and then. You know, we'll, we'll do this again later just to see kind of how our current team stacks up against our final team. But let's – I'll, I'll let you go first. I've been doing most of the talking so far today. So let's let's see what you got. Okay. All right. So this – the person I have at guard is – I never thought I would have him all NBA for anything, uh, let alone the playoffs. Um, and, I mean, that's a great surprise. I think if Ooh. you're in Denver, you're very happy. If you're Jokic, you're very happy. Uh, that's Jamal Murray. You know, uh, there are some other teams that, you know, I could have put up here. Um, but statistically and narrative wise, Jamal Murray is up there. I mean, Jamal Murray is one of them. And I, like I said, I, I never thought I could say this, but Jamal Murray is one of the more efficient scores in the in the playoffs right now. And that is from a guy that's putting up some very high difficulty shots. His turnover uh, percentage is very low. Obviously, we know he's not a big assist guy, but he dominates a lot of possessions, uh, and it's easy to get uh, turnovers in, at the point guard position. Um, and yeah, I mean, he he had a very great game against uh, the um, Clippers, and he outdueled Donovan Mitchell in one of the best uh, first round um, series in quite some time that I've seen. Even though it ended on an ugly note, but yeah, um, I got Jamal Murray at point guard. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, I thought, you know, no, yeah, I like it a lot. I like it a lot. I, I, I saw you going a different direction with this, but I do like it. I do like it a lot. Um, you think I was gonna say Chris? <laughs> I mean, I know, I know, I know, your fandom kind of pushed you that direction. I was really hoping you wouldn't do it though. Uh, no, I nah, actually kind of maybe thought it. you go. And this may be a little different, but I, I kind of saw you going Lowry or somebody like that on that side. Of, of I thought about it because Lowry defensively and just the tenacity of him, but but Jamal for what he's doing, like he's pretty, he's the number one score. You know, and Lowry's, Lowry's not been doing it that, on both so that's why. I, right, no, and and that's where I agree with you, but I think Jamal's Murray's offense is is that much more important for this Nuggets team, especially considering that it took a while for the right. role players to kind of turn it up and Michael so Porter Jr. Kind of disappearing. 
Oh, you want to you want to just me to do let's my do, all five and let's then do, do the two all guards five? and then I'll do my two guards and then we'll do forwards and then we'll do centers. Okay, all right. So my next pick is no surprise. Um, I mean, there were some other good candidates here, but I mean, this guy is his team. He is pretty much if they win or lose, he's going to get the blame, and that's James Harden. Yeah, I I mean, there's I w- I didn't really had I didn't have to think about it too much. Um, I thought about Luca, but I was like, he's not he's not playing right now. And as much as I think he is had one of the better uh, performances in the playoffs, he's not playing. So I I can understand if you put him there, but personally, if you're not playing, in my eyes, I just can't put you there. And Harden is has shown that he can carry the mantle, at least so far. The game seven kind of docked him, but then he had the 36 points against the Lakers in game one. And I was like, okay, well. I, I guess I could still right. put him in there. So I'll go my two my, my two first. I got Luca on there. I know he's not necessarily a point guard, but that's kind of the route I'm going. It's my it's my all NBA team, all right. So I'm deciding it. Uh putting Luca in there first. Historic first round series against what's supposed to be the best defensive team in the league. I think that's why I gave him the nod. I honorable mention there for for uh Lowry, who would have been the, the person that I would have gone with. I just I think the biggest thing for me was the difficulty of the matchup and specifically for Luca, because it was designed, you know, on paper to be the perfect matchup to stop him from doing anything at all. And from what we had seen in the regular season, it had worked. And then come the playoffs, he came out, balled out, put up historic numbers. I, you know, Luca's in there for me. Second, um, I'm going honorable mention to Don. He balled out. Um, but I think uh I think I'm going Jimmy because Jimmy Jimmy's aside from the stat sheet, because there's so much that he does that's intangibles, Jimmy's not just played well on his own, he's elevated the level of play of his whole team. Um I think they've kind of taken on his personality, they've taken on on, on who he is and that's his ability to not only play well but influence the rest of his team and the way that they play is why I got him in my second one and I know that he's probably playing three but I'm putting him at the two yeah uh, he's one of those players that are you can interchange so it's not it's not really a, a stretch to put him at the two all right let's get the forwards where are you at all right, so I don't think this, this is a surprise to anybody. So far, we don't agree Kawhi on Leonard. the first two picks, too, by the way. We didn't. We went different routes. Yeah. Which, which yeah. I mean, I, 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 I thought about some of the people you picked. No, but it tells you just... that there's been a lot of quality play in these playoffs. So. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Uh, so, yeah, Kawhi at my, at my three. I mean, I don't think that's a surprise. Um, he's clearly the best player in the playoffs. No doubt. And that's with LeBron and, and Giannis playing, you know, even Harden. Kawhi is the the captain of the Clippers boat. No matter what happens, Kawhi is typically, if not playing, you know, all-star level, he's playing superstar level for that Clippers team in this playoffs. There's really not a game where you're like, man, Kawhi is just off. You know, defensively, he he may slip up every now and then, but obviously we know he's one of the best, if not the best defensive player in the league, except for Giannis. Um, and I mean, Kawhi carried Paul George's carcass for 
for all those games in the first round. So, I mean, just off that alone, I mean, yeah. And and he is – I don't really say this much, and I've said it once or twice, but he is – he reminds me of Jordan with the mid-range game and how dominant he is in, in the in the playoff scenario. That's supposed to be a bad shot, and he makes it a very efficient shot. I always – I've been – Nothing. Yeah, I've been saying – I've been saying that Kawhi Leonard's mid-range game is Curry's three-point game. It's, it's, I mean, that's how efficient he is. And not right. many players can rival that. Second forward. Wait. All right. So this this guy, um, I've never like, had anything against him. Uh, his inconsistencies kind of always made me feel wary about putting him in these kind of positions. But late late season, he turned it on and looked like an All NBA player. And in the playoffs, he's he's steadied the ship. And that's Jason Tatum. Yeah, I got him at the four. Uh, honestly, the four, I, I I was thinking about AD. I know Bam, he plays the four sometimes. AD is just, the Lakers are not impressive at all. And he's been too hesitant for me to put him in that in that position. And Tatum has been, for a team that has, like I said earlier, when we were doing these pods, three players in the 20 point per game category, you know, on the team. Uh, he's He's been standing out in the playoffs so far, so. I'll, I'll go ahead and just kind of read you what he's been doing in the playoffs from three, which is really impressive on six attempts, uh, 41%, which is very high for him. Cause I don't consider him like a, a great shooter by any means. Um, and then, uh, overall, sorry, pardon me. Overall, he's averaging 25 points. I mean, and yeah, he had that one stinker against, uh, against the Raptors, but other than that, I mean, he's been pretty reliable. So I'm going to go with him. And he's also not a slouch defensively. And I really think if the Celtics win in seven, it's because of him, what he does down the stretch. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go very – well, I think there's no way that either one of us leaves Kawhi out of it. Kawhi's got to be in there. He's been the reference point for this Clippers team. Like, we all expected him to be – you know, we all expected the efficiency. He's basically the one player that's performed to this point to exactly the T that we expected him to do. Like, if there's anybody that you knew was going to come out and play as consistently as he has, it's a squad. No one else has come out and performed as consistently as he has. Um, so, yeah, and, of course, you know, the defensive end. A lot of people, you know, did bash him for that switch and letting Reggie get out there and get, you know, splashed in the face for the game winner. But... um I think that wasn't as much on him as it was the way that the the screen came and the you know Reggie fighting it over the top. But Kawhi's got to be has to be in it. Um, I got to go for my second forward here. I was actually I AD Tatum and LeBron are the guys that I've considered for it, um, which is insane because. Neither one of us has talked about the current MVP, soon to be back-to-back MVP, because you would think that his name would automatically be the second one on that slot. But Giannis has not played well in these playoffs, or not to what we would expect from him. So I am going to go with LeBron, because he's been what moves that Laker team. LeBron's basically the heart and soul of that team. And I know that this is not like a big surprise to anybody, but there were people, including myself, that said during the regular season that this team went based on what AD did. 
I always felt that if AD had a bad game, it was a loss for the Lakers. And if AD had a good game, it was a win for the Lakers, regardless of what LeBron was doing. But these playoffs have been a different beast, and it's definitely gone based on what LeBron does. When LeBron does not, when LeBron comes out and lays a goose egg in the fourth, they lose. But when LeBron is playing like we expect LeBron to play, like he did last night, for example, the Lakers, they just don't drop games. So give me LeBron, give me Kawhi for my forwards. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy for me not to have LeBron in mine, um, but I, I definitely see why you put him there. Um, but as far as who I got for my center, uh, I don't really don't think this is much of a surprise either. Um, that's Jokic, Nikola Jokic. I mean, this guy, <laughs> in game one of, uh, of, or not game one, but just uh, series one, first series versus uh, Gobert, Rudy Gobert, that was kind of like, the barometric of like of what's what like what you're expecting and what and like if you can overcome that as a center then you should be just fine and albeit in a seven game series Jokic looked like the better center even though there were times where Gobert kind of turned it on for his limited yeah. offense but Jokic is obviously a a transcension Welcome of a center he's not really a center in the fact that he's just does like two things he can carry the load uh, as far as like creating plays. I mean, some of the craziest outlet passes I've ever seen in, in my whole time watching basketball and he can, you know, shoot the three, which he's, he's doing very well uh, in the playoffs. Uh, he wasn't really uh, shooting that well uh, in the regular season, at least up to his standards. But yeah, I, I got him. Uh, he is absolutely going to terrorize the Clippers. I'm not saying that means it's going to lead to a, a series win. But I mean, they have no answer for him at the five position. I mean, yeah, I don't think there's anybody else you can go with. I also want Jokic. There's, I mean, the league is just deprived of quality centers. Gobert, probably honorable mention. He did play his ass off against Jokic that first series. But Jokic is just more complete. He, he does it all. So I don't think anybody else in the league comes close. Give me, give me Jokic over anybody uh, at the position, regular season, playoffs. Period. So just to recap, I went with my playoff All-NBA team <clears throat> is Luka, Jimmy, Kawhi, LeBron, and Jokic. And we'll see how that ends up at the end when it's all said. And then I went with Jamal Murray, Harden, Kawhi, Tatum, and Jokic. So we had quite a few differences considering. And I, like, again, I said I say that because I think it's it's indicative of – the quality of basketball that we've been watching in this playoffs. And I'm not saying that because we were deprived of basketball for a while. And a lot of us, you know, we're just missing it so bad that whatever we get, we'll take. It's actually been really good. It's been good quality NBA basketball. The bubble aspect of it is definitely made things a little different, um, but not less interesting in any way. It's, it's still, it's been good. I, I've enjoyed it definitely a lot. I think that we're still going to get to see a lot more great performances, obviously, as we get further into the playoffs. And as the stakes get higher and higher, we'll start seeing, you know, big, big moments. And I'm looking forward to it for sure. Indeed. I mean, this playoff is only going to get better. I mean, especially with teams that are are just looking like a complete underdog story turning into possibly defeating an Eastern Conference favorite. Uh, I think Miami Heat is definitely good for business right now for the NBA. I mean, obviously they have the history of winning championships and, you know, getting Jim McButler – is looking like a very great deal. 
Um, the Celtics coming into their own, even though they're kind of, I don't want to say they're slipping, but they, they kind of have let the Raptors get back into it. But there's still some star players on that team. Obviously, the Raptors are repeating champions. There's not much you need to say there. The you know the LA teams are going to get their attention, and and that's fine. But Kawhi Leonard is definitely looking like a bona fide threat, you know, to win the whole thing. And yeah, and it's just fun to see uh, Jamal Murray come into his own consistently. And Jokic, I mean, everyone knows that he's one of the best centers in the league. But I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I think the playoff, the NBA is in good hands in general in terms of talent. Oh, it's. We, we're going to have quality basketball for a good time to come. Thank, thanks to the guys that didn't go to L.A., mainly Kawhi. I appreciate you not doing that and making this this season as competitive as it's been, at these playoffs particularly. You know, we're not seeing the juggernauts that are just plowing through everyone. We're seeing competitive games, competitive series. We have had some some blowouts, but for the most part, it's not been bad. It's not been, you know, it's – Good quality basketball, and I think that it's it's a big part of that is there is no like major super teams. It's just been these duos, these tandems, and 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 then and then when on the other side, you know, for like the Celtics and the Raptors, these teams that are playing team ball, and that's exactly what I want to see out of my NBA at least. I know you know if you're a fan of the Warriors or if you were a fan of the Heat back when LeBron was there, you know you, you enjoyed that. Sure, you know more power to you. The rest of us, you know, that just want to see competitive basketball, this is what we want. So that'll that'll be all of it for today. Uh, I'm going to wrap it up. We will appreciate you guys if you guys could uh, get some subscriptions going. You know, we, we are starting to try and give this a more formal shape. If you guys want to, you know, subscribe and share, get you know, help us grow, grow the show, help us grow, you know, in, in some more ways than one. But Definitely go out there and share. Get us out there. I know that um, if you, if you're enjoying the content, you know others will likely do the same. So if you if you definitely go out there and share, uh, go on the show on and uh, give us some ratings. That'll that'll definitely go a long way for us as well. Any last words, Lance? Uh well, uh, I'm just I'm just looking forward to tonight. You know, we got uh, Clippers Nuggets uh, tonight. By the time. They hear this, of course, it'll already have happened. So I'm just looking forward to to see that game and we can talk about it uh, when the time comes. Sounds good, guys. We hope to try and get another pod out later in the week. That is all for today. This was Culture Surfing. <laughs>